Hello friends, this is Brian Gibbs. Welcome to The Torch. Today I'm doing a special episode today in honor of Father's Day. Our subject matter, of course, is men and fathers and the great impact that they have as leaders for our society. All that and so much more today on The Torch. friends, welcome to The Torch. It is a special Father's Day episode this week. Um, so blessed that you're here, those of you that are viewing, those of you that are listening, and um, just thank you for being with us. This is going to be, I believe God's going to use this episode in a very powerful and significant way. And uh, again, so blessed by all of you that have been writing us here at the ministry and the impact of, um, of each episode. Just, just honored humbled by it. Um, I think I say this so much and uh, because it's important and because it's true that we are here to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We're not here pointing people to Brian. We're not pointing people to victory, a church of his presence, although that is so vitally important. This ministry is important. Ultimately here, though, we are pointing people to the heart and the face of Jesus. And so, it is a delight to be with you. I know it's going to be a great day. Uh, again, our, our subject matter today is men and fathers, and I think this is going to be a tremendous time. And so let's take the next few moments. Let's just pray together. Let's let the Holy Spirit move and um, enjoy this time. Father, I, just, I thank you again for a wonderful opportunity, and it is an honor, Lord. I just thank you for... For all of our friends, all of our brand new friends, new partners, our partners throughout the country, those that are viewing throughout the nations, Father, I thank you for their lives, and I pray that today there is a fresh impartation and an inspiration from the Holy Spirit that carries, Lord, through the filming of this, the release of this, that the, it will go far and wide and it will bring lasting impact into men of God, into fathers and women of God as well. Lord, I pray that there would be a fresh anointing and an impartation of your Holy Spirit today. Fresh oil on my friends, Lord, for, for them and their divine assignment that they're carrying. For their calling for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus, thank you for your word, Lord. May it impart life today. Bring refreshing, bring hope, lift a standard for us today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, it is a great day. Um, I am thankful this morning to be uh, in the studio with my son, Josiah. I'm thankful to be a father. Um, Father's Day is, is coming in just a few days from now. I know this will be a very special weekend for so many millions of lives and millions of fathers and uh, families everywhere. And so I had a thought this morning, and I wish I would have done it. Um, I wanted to, uh, as I was coming in, I thought about, man, I should have brought this special watch. And, uh, and I'll give an ex explanation to that. It belonged to my dad. And um, hopefully I'm going to be able to tell the story uh, with you this morning without crying. And um, my dad stepped into heaven uh, just four months ago. 
uh, my dad, David, David Wayne Gibbs. And my dad was 70 years of age uh, when he went to be with the Lord. And this particular story I want to share with you about, um, it was about my dad's 50th uh, birthday celebration with my mom on uh, the year that he turned 50. Um, they went to California. They rented a convertible, convertible Mustang. Actually, Josiah, I know you'd love that. Uh, they rented a convertible Mustang together. They drove the West Coast, just going all up and down the coast, exploring. Uh, but while my mom and dad were in San Francisco, uh, they were out shopping, and my my dad found this watch. It was a beautiful watch. He really loved it, really wanted to buy it. He kept vacillating back and forth, wasn't sure that he really wanted to spend uh, that kind of money on the watch. So he ended up, sadly, he ended up walking out of the store without the watch. But uh, amazingly, that same week while they're out in uh, San Francisco and all up and down the West Coast uh, exploring and having fun, my wife and I, we're out shopping for my dad's 50th birthday. And at that time, this is like, this is 20 years ago, we lived right outside of Cincinnati at that time. Well, I walked into this shop and I found this beautiful watch. And the moment I picked it up, I actually turned to my wife and I turned to Brandon and I said, this watch is so dad. And I know that he would love this watch. Um, and really, I just knew in my heart I was supposed to buy it. And so we did. And upon their return from California, their amazing trip out there, we gathered together for Dad's 50th birthday celebration. Um, Dad opens the watch, and to he and Mom's amazement, it's the exact same watch that my dad had found, picked up in San Francisco that he was obsessing over, and that he had regrettably uh, had passed on. And then suddenly he opens the gift. Um, my dad was so overjoyed, and he was, he was in amazement. Um, all of us were laughing and um, just sharing. It was a beautiful moment, and he was just stunned by the blessing, this stun. He, was, he kept saying, Brian, this is the exact watch I was holding in San Francisco and wanted to buy and passed on. And um, he was just floored, and uh, my mom was floored. Um, my wife and I were wonderfully blessed, and in it, I just saw the goodness of God. Uh, I just saw the thoughtfulness of God and the leading of the Lord in all of it. And that's, that's just like God. That's just who our Father is. That's His nature. And um, now I see this watch um, every morning in my closet next to a photograph uh, of my dad there where I get dressed each day and I, I see some things I've got laid out just in honor of him. And uh, I, I wish so bad I would have brought that watch to this episode because um, as I was led by the Holy Spirit concerning Father's Day and the subject matter of where I wanted to go, I wanted to tell the story. In Psalm chapter 37 and verse 4, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desire of your heart. And as I was thinking about that scripture today, I was thinking about how dad was so blessed with that watch. God just gave him the desire of his heart, but it, it, it came in a unique uh, unpacking of the story, the way things unfolded. And um, it was just the greatness of God. So 
Hallelujah. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And I know that that word's going to bring refreshing to so many out there today. In the next few moments, I want to talk about men, and I want to talk about fathers. I want to look at a passage in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 7. I want to talk to, to you just for the next few moments about a man named Asher. I want to talk to you about his family. I want to talk to you about his sons. And I believe that every responsible man should have a will prepared for his family. If you're a man, if you have a family, um, you should protect their future. And having a will established uh, ensures that. And it, obviously it's a legal document that gives precedent to a father or a man's desires, a father's heart for the things that he's uh, accumulated in life, um, his assets that he wants to see pass, passed onward into the future, passing legacy into the future. And so it's having a will is actually thinking and planning for the future. Having a will is thinking generationally okay and so to have a will it means that you are actually future minded now you and i will not always be here okay we 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 may not like to talk about this but the facts the facts are this you and i we won't always be here okay but we have to think about tomorrow today we have to think about the future today we have to plan for the future today you have to be thinking about financially planning and planning for your assets to be placed in the right hands moving forward for your family legacy you and i will not always be here i mean it's inevitable it's appointed to every man to die once and then the judgment right that's the word so we may not like to talk about this or about things of this nature but it is true. So you know it's true. I know it's true. So we have to think for the future. We've got to plan for the future. I like what Dave Ramsey says. He's the uh, financial coach. He says that he will not leave any inheritance within um, the children's hands or his adult children's hands if they're not serving God because they're kingdom dollars or kingdom assets that have been stored up. And they need to be placed into godly hands so that that which has been stored up is it's been stored up by wisdom and he wants to make sure it goes into hands that are not going to waste it so he says if if he if he has adult children who are not serving god first they will not be good stewards of what was stored up um he won't place an inheritance in their hands and guys that's a strong word uh, it's a strong conviction I agree with it as well. Now, today on the torch, we're not we're not so much focusing on a physical, natural will. Here's what I want to talk to you about today, and it's about focusing on as men and as fathers on our spiritual will, on on passing on our spiritual assets, um, purposely, and properly planning so that we make the next generation set up to a whole nother level because we were actually moving in wisdom and preparing our spiritual will for sons and daughters. So 
That's what responsible men do. That's what responsible fathers do. They, they pass on their spiritual values. They pass on their spiritual convictions. Fathers pass on spiritual vision. Fathers pass on spiritual convictions. Fathers pass on spiritual uh, perce- uh, perceptions, um, spiritual prophetic realities. They pass on legacy. That's what fathers do. And unfortunately, um, irresponsible men, not only do they not prepare to pass on physical assets or a physical will, but they don't prepare to pass on spiritual assets because they're not future-minded. Now stay with me today. And because they're not future-minded, in the future, there is chaos ahead because there was no clarity that was set in the present. Let me say that again. Because men were irresponsible or because men were not future-minded in, in the coming future, okay, I can say this with certainty today, there will be chaos in the future because men did not bring clarity to be set in the present. Now stay with me today. The Bible has a whole lot to say about the responsibility of fathers, the responsibility of men. It has a whole lot to say about the responsibility of our legacy that's going to be passed on into the next generation and beyond. In Proverbs chapter 13, in verse 22, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Let me give you a translation here. A good man is not only thinking about today or thinking about himself. I've got my own son in this room right now. I'm not just thinking about this hour. I'm thinking about his life. I'm thinking about his children that are about to come. God is saying a good man thinks or is planning three generations deep. You've got to go three levels deep. God's saying a good man is future-minded. A bad man is only caught up in himself. A bad man is only thinking about this, what is today. He's not thinking about the next generation. He's not planning generationally, okay? So he's concerned. A good man is what? A good man is he's concerned about today. He's concerned about his own present time, but he's also concerned about his children, and he's also concerned about his children's children, his grandchildren. So God is saying if a man is only thinking of himself, he's not a good man. A good man must be thinking generationally. In Judges chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, when all that generation had gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord or know the work which he had done for Israel. Okay, and also in that text, it's talking about those who did not, they didn't know Joseph. They didn't know the God of Joseph. Right, Those that have, had went into bondage and went into captivity, a whole generation came up. They didn't know Joseph. They didn't know his story. They didn't know his legacy. They didn't know the God of Joseph. And so when you read the book of Judges, what you, 
what you learn, what we learn, is we see a people, the children of Israel, who they were in perpetual chaos because there was no spiritual baton that was passed on to them, okay? So now you have a generation that has no connection to God, no connection to the God of Israel, no connection to the God of Joseph, right? Okay, so now you have all of these families that are raised up and there's total disconnection from the heart of God. And so in Judges chapter 21 and verse 25, it says, In those days where there was no king in Israel, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. So there was evil abounding. And why? Because there was no standard, there was no conscience that was passed on to the next generation. And that is the responsibility of the standard bearers of a father of a man who becomes a father, who becomes a standard bearer, who becomes a leader, who passes on consciousness, conviction, morality, ethics, character into sons and daughters. And, you know, it's, it's no secret right now. I mean, we see kids living so stupid in this hour and because their dads refuse to be a standard bearer. Uh, my brother told me the other day here recently, he said, I'm so dad, I'm, I'm so glad that that dad kicked my you-know-what, and I, I'm going to say keister for this broadcast. He said, I'm so glad that dad kicked my you-know-what over and over just to keep me on the right path and to keep me in order while we were growing up. And so we get the point. And so it's no secret today, we we live in a world where there is societal chaos and that chaos is actually rooted back to this one thing men who refuse to build a spiritual legacy men who refuse to man up men who refuse to submit to god men who refuse to grow up and raise their life to the standard of biblical manhood now you know those of you that are listening those of you that are watching whether you like it or not, God holds the man responsible for how legacy works out, not the woman. So in 1 Chronicles chapter 7, there's a lot of verses here um, between verses 30 and 40 that were introduced to the family of Asher. And there's all these kinds of names. There's the sons of Asher, and it goes on and on and on, and I could read through all of these names. But it's the legacy or the posterity or the heritage of Asher. But in verse 40, it says this. It says, all these were the children of Asher, and listen how it words this, heads of their father's houses, choice men, mighty men of valor, chief leaders. Let me read that again. Four distinctions. There were heads of their father's house, choice men, mighty men of valor, and chief leaders. And they were, they were recorded by genealogies among the army fit for battle, their number was 26,000. Now, that's all the legacy, legacy and the posterity of the son of Asher. And so, 
Who is Asher? Let's let's go there for a moment. He is one of the 12 sons of Jacob. The Bible teaches us that Asher is actually the seventh in line from Jacob. And that we know this, that Asher came from a very dysfunctional family because how do we know that? Jacob, he had 12 sons from four different women. And we also know that Jacob had created chaos in his own family. Jacob means trickster or deceiver. Okay, so Jacob knew how to play games. Stay with me today. And the games that he was playing, they they actually, those games rolled over into his children's lives and it wreaked havoc. It created havoc in his family. Now, his boys went on to a whole nother level beyond the games of Jacob. Okay, so this, this dysfunctional family, it wasn't an orderly, healthy family structure that Asher came out of. And that may be good, wor- uh, good words or good, good news for those of you that are listening today or watching. You think about where you have come from in your family story. There is hope for you. There's hope for me. Can I get a witness? So Asher, Asher was responsible with his other brothers. Think about this being part of your family line. Asher is responsible with his other brothers for throwing Joseph into the pit. These are brothers who are the band of connivers. These are the guys that set out to ruin their brother Joseph's life. They they were set on selling their own brother into slavery, their own flesh and blood, selling Joseph into slavery that would ultimately take him into the land of Egypt, but would also ultimately become the greatest story of redemption, second only to the story of Jesus himself. Now, we may or may not like to talk about it, but many of us have come out of great dysfunction with our families, or we came out of families where fathers weren't even present, or we came out of families where it would have been even better for us if that father had not even been there. So in Asher's story, it doesn't get off to a good start. I mean, he's he's part of uh, a despicable unfolding with Joseph and being around all of these conniving brothers who deceive their own father, Jacob, and, and tell him that their brother has been killed and so on and so forth. And you know the story. So in verse 30, it tells us that Asher was the family of four sons and one daughter. Asher was the father of five children. Somewhere in Asher's story, things got turned around. There there was major change. There was major transformation in Asher's life. The greatness of God, the goodness of God came into his heart, and it began to manifest properly within the dimensions of his sons. This is so powerful. Men, you have the option of changing your legacy. That is such good news. Whatever type of legacy was in your family that was being passed down, it does not have to be your story or the legacy that you move on into your children or into your children's children. In verse 40, it says, all of these were uh, children of Asher. Watch this. Heads of their father's house, choice men, mighty men of valor, chief leaders. Now, I want, to, I want to talk about that for a moment. 
heads of houses. Okay, notice what that says. It says Asher's sons were heads of their father's houses. So to, to be a head is to what? It's to be a leader. To be a head of a house means you're a leader of a house. A head is a leader of a home. Christ is the head of the church. Amen. He's the, he's the leader of the church. So Christ is not only the head of the church, he's the leader of the church. He's the shepherd of the church. He's the judge of the church. So whatever Asher did, he got it right inside of the influence that he released within his four sons that they became mighty. They became heads of their own houses, men's, men of valor, mighty men. They became choice men. What am I saying? His sons were actually able to take the responsible reins of their own family. They were the heads. The scripture teaches us that the man is to be the head. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. It says, but I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. Let me read that again. I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of a woman is a man. And the head of Christ is God. That's so good. So to be a head, it means to be responsible. Okay, so being the head doesn't just make you the boss. Being the head makes you responsible. The head carries the vision for a family. The head carries the direction for a family. The head owns the responsibility for a family. Okay, the public schools are not responsible for raising your family. Can I get a witness? The neighborhood out there is not responsible for raising your kids. Hello. The government is not responsible for raising our children. Fathers and mothers are responsible for raising their children. Fathers, we are responsible. Fathers, we are the head of our home. I mean, there's perverted movements out there. They want your kids. Fathers, you have to fight for your kids. You cannot allow these perverted, demonic movements out there devour your kids or mutilate your kids. Fathers have the responsibility of fighting for their kids, protecting their kids, and raising them. We've got Bible for that. That's Ephesians 6, 4. It says that fathers raise children. Say that with me out there. Fathers raise children. Ephesians 6, verse 4, it says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. What does that mean? Fathers raise children. The head is to be like the head of a company, or the, the president is the head of a nation, or there's headship in the church. What do they do? The head cast vision so that people know which way they're going. I'm talking about men. I'm talking about fathers today. If you're, if you're out there and you're lost, that means the people that are following you, they're going to be in trouble. Hello? Okay? People have to know the vision. They have to know the standard. They have to know the direction. And if there's no vision, if there's no standard, what is going to happen? People are going to leave that and they're going to find their own vision. So to be ahead, for me, it means that I've got to be in such proximity with God. I've got, to, I've got to be in such union with God. I've got to be in such communion with the Holy Spirit that I am given spiritual vision. 
I'll say it like this, to have spiritual vision is to have the bigger picture. It's that I'm not just running in sync with looking through a straw. The Holy Spirit gives me greater, bigger picture. He gives me the, the greater spiritual vision. I'm getting my directions from the Holy Spirit. I'm getting my, my marching orders, so to speak, that keeps me in sync, in rhythm, in union with the Holy Spirit. And if I do that, those that are connected with me, they will be able to run in sync with that vision, trusting the responsibility of a head. That's what fathers do. That's what leaders do. That's what men are called to do. And so we're living in a day, we're living in a time where men deeply, they're, they're so deeply struggling with abandonment. And so they have refused to own responsibility. That's what leaders are called to do. You got to own the responsibility. Fathers are called to own the responsibility. And so, so many men out there are dealing with abandonment or, or father wounds or fathers that left them in their lives that now they're not, they won't rise up to be the head. Why? Because they're afraid of responsibility. Asher did something right with his sons. He imparted somehow they were, they were able to be, uh, they were able to be given an inheritance of passion. They were given an inheritance of fire. They were given an inheritance of vision. They owned the responsibility to go strong into their own future. And God can fix any mess that you have come from out there, men. Any man of God listening to me today, any father, God is able to fix any mess that you have come out of for his glory. If you will be the man that says, I want to be responsible before you, that I don't run from God, I go to God. I run to his voice, I run to be a responsible man of God. Amen? Asher's sons, they were choice men. They were choice men. That's what it says. It means what? They were the cream of the crop. It means that they were not average. Asher's sons were not mediocre. Um, Asher said, my boys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I raise them to be men of valor. What is that? It's, it's men, men need men of high standards. Men need other men in their life with high standards. Men need men in their lives that are covenant keepers. Men need men in their life who have character. Men need other men in their life who have integrity, who have honesty, who have deep morality. Are you with me? Men need other men in their, in their life that are not blown around by the wind. Men need other men in their life that are deeply anchored. They've, they've got a biblical consciousness about them. Men need other examples so that they can become men of valor. That's who Asher's sons became. And, and it doesn't just happen by osmosis. It happens because they had a father there setting the standard, being a standard bearer in their life who raised the standard, who raised the ethics, who raised the morality, who raised the consciousness in their life. And Asher's sons became mighty men of valor. I mean, we have a, we have a young generation right now that, that has uh, very little conscience. They're so jacked up 
that their consciousness is seared. They don't even blink with sin in this hour. And why? I'll tell you why. It's because men and fathers weren't there to set the conscience. They weren't there in the home to set the atmosphere, to set the authority. The head of the house sets the conscience. That's a father's responsibility. A father is a divine standard bearer in the house. What do I mean? It means sons and daughters, we talk like this. We don't talk like this. Here's the line. This is the standard. We're, this is how we're going to communicate in the culture of our house as a family. This is how we're not going to communicate. This is how you treat your mother. This is how you treat your siblings. This is how we're going to treat other people. This is what we're going to watch in our house. This is, this is what we're not going to watch in our house. This is what is forbidden in our house. This is what is permitted in our house. You see, you see what that is? That's the father being the standard bearer. And the head administers the standard to the children. So in verse 40, again, Asher's sons, it says they were mighty men. My, man, I, and I want to I go to this point strong. His sons were mighty men. It means that Asher raised his sons to be warriors. You have to go to war. In this hour, friend, you cannot retreat. You cannot run away. So many, so many in our time, June 2023, they are running away from the battle. Men must raise sons and daughters that do not run away from the battle. We need to raise sons that don't make excuses not to be in the battle, right? I'm calling up mighty men today that are going to step up and step forward, raise the standard, teach your kids how to think, arm them with the word of God, arm them with a life in the spirit, arm them with, with, with a, 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 a participation and cooperation with the spirit of God, not just with the word, but with the spirit and teach your kids how to win, how to go into the battle and recognize you were called for this day of battle. We don't make excuses to avoid the battles. We understand as men of God, as fathers, we are called to the battle and we are also called to raise sons and daughters ready to win the battles. Come on, can I get a witness out there? Let me take a quick drink here. Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. Verse 14, it says, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters and your wives and your houses. You've got to fight. That's what he's saying. You've got to rise up. You've got to fight for your future. You've got to fight for your kids. You've got to go to war against the devil. Come on. You've got to go to war against the devil in this hour. You've got to fight for what is right. You've got to fight for your faith. You've got to fight for your family. Fight for your future. Let me go a step further. You've got to fight for your nation in this hour. Asher, it says the testimony of Asher was this. 
He raised his sons and they were heads of their father's houses. They were choice men, mighty men of valor and chief leaders. Let me read this out of the King James Version. This is interesting how it's worded. It says they were choice, mighty men of valor and then chief chiefs of the princes. I, I love I love this. Gather this today. Asher raised his sons to be mentors. Okay. Mentors are leaders of chief leaders, mentors that impart their lives, leaders of princes. What is a prince? A prince is a king in the waiting. That's what it is. And princes who are kings in the waiting, what do they need? They need men and they need fathers. They need fathers who carry wisdom. Princes in the waiting that are about to become kings need fathers that carry authority. Fathers that carry wisdom, fathers that carry character, who carry morals, who have the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that they carry their prophetic mantle imparting into their sons. I'll tell you what, I'm tired of seeing young men being castrated in this generation because they've been given no sense of their royal standing with God and they don't know their identity wicked spirits in this land right now neutering our young men cutting off their own posterity but also men that are abandoning their responsibility to be leaders to mentor others and to be an example we need godly men godly father figures to produce leaders for this critical hour this urgent hour that our nation is in. Guys, it is so critical, so critical that we stop running away from our responsibility, running away from the battle, and we say, God, I'm gonna man up. I'm going to come to you. I'm gonna have you fill me with your spirit. I'm gonna own my responsibility as a man, and I'm going to go forward and I'm going to go forward into victory. I'm going to go forward into triumph. You have called me. You have anointed me. You have chosen me. You have called me, Father, your beloved. Father, you are in covenant with me. You've not called me to lose. You've called me to win. You are not against me, Father. You are for me, Father. And if you've called me, greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Men and fathers, no more excuses. Amen? It's time to rise. It's time to shine, men of God. It's time to step up. It's time to get up. It's time to line up. It's time to pray up. It's time to shine up. No more excuses about the past. Right? No more about focusing on who wasn't there for you. It's you and God. Right? It's time to come together. It's time to run forward. Your story can be like Asher's story. Somewhere along the line, he got it right. And the scripture gives us this testament. Asher raised heroes. Asher raised champions. That's what I want to do in this hour. And that's what you and I want to do in this hour. Guys, I want to wish you a happy Father's Day. To all the fathers out there listening today or viewing today, I want to wish you a happy Father's Day, and I bless you. 
thank God for you. Thank God for the call on your life. Thank God for the family that he has given you. Thank God for the wife that he's given you. Thank God for the sons and the daughters that he has given you. Spiritual sons and daughters that he has given you. I wish you a wonderful, wonderful Father's Day. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the men of God. Thank you for the fathers that are listening today. I'm blessed by their lives. I'm so thankful, Lord, for the fathers that you put in my life, my dad, other spiritual fathers, other spiritual mentors, men of God, Lord, men of renown, men of valor, warriors that you've put in my life. Thank you, God, for them. And I just speak a blessing over all those today. Spiritual dads, natural dads, I bless you in the name of Jesus. And I just speak honor. I want to just speak honor and release honor over your life and your role today in your own family. And I want to say thank you today. It's, uh, it's words that a lot of fathers rarely hear, and that's thank you. I want to say thank you today over your life, over your purpose, over your calling in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Lastly, guys, before we close, um, we have some great news here at Victory, a church of his presence. We have just um, acquired a commercial property here in our city, not far from where we're at right now. We are getting ready to retrofit the building. We are adding some more bathrooms, some more uh, offices, our television studio. This building is going to function as our prayer center, our training and equipping center, obviously our, our media center, uh, television studio. Uh, this is for all of our staff and our team as well, for offices for them. Um, if you would like to sew into this and be part of this, um, you can go to victoryfla.com. We've had many friends reach out to us already, which has been a, a great blessing to us, has touched my wife and I so deeply. Um, this prayer center is, once it is open and fully functioning, um, we are going to be having day and night prayer five days a week at the um, new prayer center. It's going to be a tremendous time where people can be impacted by the Lord, minister unto the Lord, um, be used by the Lord in the place of intercession and prayer. There's going to be teaching, equipping going on at this facility. Um, training for new, new converts, for discipleship, for men and women, for outreach, all kinds of things. Our, our co-op is going to be growing there. Our ministry for, for kids there is going to be growing and expanding. Um, and then as it's going to be working as an educational center as well, not only with our co-op, but some things that God is putting in our heart concerning um, doing Patriot uh, University, uh, uh, Patriot Academy, excuse me, once again and um, our Constitution Alive classes and education for patriots in this hour. It's going to be a tremendous, tremendous time. Anyway, um, you can sew into that at victoryfla.com. You can go to the giving page. Every dollar, uh, if you mark on your memo, uh, if you mail a check, if you mail in a letter, um, um, make sure you mark that uh, on the memo, Prayer Center. Every dollar of that will go towards our retrofit and go towards uh, every bit of supplies that we need to finish this and then go on into the future. 
I want to thank you in advance for that, guys, for helping us, for standing alongside my wife and I, standing alongside our ministry. Thank you for interceding for us. Thank you for praying for us, for our family, uh, for this growing family here at Victory. Just so blessed, so honored, so humbled. Listen, until I see you again, I want to say it's been a great blessing always to be with you. Remember this, the future does not belong to the God-haters. The future does not belong to the God-mockers. The future belongs to the righteous, and the righteous are bold as lions. Until we meet again, my friend, keep the fire burning.